Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Mind on Mental Health podcast. My name is Andy Dean. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. And for the next two weeks, we're actually going to put a pause on our self-esteem episodes because the information in these next two podcasts is a little more time sensitive. And I thought it was more important to get it out now than to wait. With that being said, today I'm interviewing Dr. Madarani Kerr. Dr. Kerr is the Medical Director of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry at Penn Medicine Princeton House Behavioral Health, as well as the Medical Director of our Hamilton office. And today, Dr. Kerr and I discuss the different mental health challenges that are facing kids as they return to in-person school. So I hope you find it helpful and enjoy the podcast. I think we can just jump in. Is that okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. I think the thing that might be a little bit more interesting for people to hear from a psychiatrist, a child psychiatrist at that is, you know, I think when kids are having a difficult time adjusting to something, it can kind of come out in in different ways. And it might not always look the same as it looks for an adult. So Mm -hmm. could you maybe talk a little bit about like what might parents be noticing right now in terms of either their kid acting out or acting abnormally um, that could potentially be due to sort of this this change of going back to school? Like how how could the behaviors kind of manifest themselves? Well, it de- it depends a lot on um, their developmental stages, I think. Mm-hmm. So the younger kids, I would say the elementary school kids, we see a lot of sort of oppositional behavior, temper tantruming just sort of refusal to like do tasks, getting upset very easily. Also in school, a lot of uh, kids are presenting with like physical ailments. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like they'll go to the nurse frequently complaining of stomach ache or a headache or just not feeling well and ask the nurse or the guidance counselor to call their parents to Mm -hmm. come pick them up because they're not they're uncomfortable with being in school in that kind of a setting. So we see a do- lot of those kinds of behaviors. A lot of kids are having trouble uh, with sleeping. Okay. They have not been used to sort of a routine in the summer and in the right. past you know, year, I would say, year and a half. So just going to bed on time and shutting off their gadgets electronics, falling asleep, you know, getting a good eight hours of sleep, which kids their age need has been very difficult for a lot of the, a lot of the kids. So I think these are things that they are struggling with, uh, the younger kids, the adolescents and more like the tweens and the teenagers. So can uh, I, can I actually pause you for a second? Sure. So I think I heard you say three main points or Three major things that you've kind of noticed, one of which is sleeping, so like a disruption to their sleep schedule. The The second one is maybe more somatic components mm-hmm. with this population. So having headaches, stomach aches, saying they're not feeling good and going to the nurse and maybe having the nurse or the guidance counselor um, call the parents to come and get mm-hmm. them from school. And then the third thing I think is kind of what we think of largely as like temper tantrums, you know, yes. not, not doing what you're asking them to do being oppositional. Maybe some parents might be noticing that that seems to be happening now and it wasn't necessarily happening before they transitioned back to school. Right. And some kids are just like in that same spectrum, just refusing to go, mm-hmm. uh, just not wanting to go to school. So a, a big part of this too could just be school refusal in general. I'm not going to school. Right. Yes. Okay. 
So sorry, before I cut you off so rudely, you were about to talk. You were about to start talking. No, no, about... that's fine. You can stop me at any time. <laughs> okay. So with the adolescents, we are seeing a lot of um, sort of anxiety, uh, panic attacks, mm. uh, both in school and out of school. So especially for the couple of weeks leading up to school starting in September, um, you know, after Labor Day. A lot of kids were experiencing sort of what we call anticipatory anxiety. Like mm-hmm. they were worrying a lot about, you know, uh, dealing with peers, worrying a lot about their appearance, you know, because when they were at home, you know, people didn't necessarily take care of themselves, worrying of what other people would think of them when they returned back to school. So a lot of that was building up, I would say even a month going into school, like before starting like in August, when the reality kind of sunk in, like, oh my gosh, we're going back to school in a month and it's going to be in person and, you know, I'm going to have to go. It's a lot of anxiety, a lot of, again, sleep issues have been Mm -hmm. uh, sort of predominant in all age groups. And a part of that is, again, staying up, worrying about, you know, what's going to happen. And also because they're not used to having like a set sleep schedule, that you know, contributes a lot to how they're feeling because when you don't sleep, your anxiety levels also high. Sure. A lot of sort of kids who already struggle with, you know, mental health issues sort of increase in depressive symptoms Mm -hmm. before school started. um, And even since school starts, it has started, we are seeing a lot of that. Uh, Kids are really struggling, getting into the routine, trying to manage homework, And that has caused them to sort of go back into having low self-esteem and low self-confidence and feeling kind of depressed and sort of withdrawing from peers and family. You know, one thing that you said that stuck out to me that uh, I guess I had never really thought about before, but makes sense. You mentioned at the beginning of this that we have to think of it in terms of like what's developmentally appropriate or what makes the most sense developmentally. And Mm -hmm. for the adolescents in particular, you had brought up this point about school was virtual. So they didn't really have this component of being judged by their peers in terms of their appearance, what they look Mm -hmm. like, what clothes they're wearing, just how they look in general. And I guess it's just striking me that, you know, you're right, that just makes a lot of sense. They weren't worrying about that for a year and a half. And now all of a sudden, your whole appearance is, you know, a big issue again, or could potentially be a big issue, especially mm-hmm. if you have, you know, lower self-esteem or you're not feeling particularly great about the way you look. So I guess I had just never really thought about the fact that that wasn't an issue for a year and a half, but here we are, now it is again. And also what we are seeing a lot is kids, you know, for a, for the past year and a half, they only socialized or they sort of maintained relationships or friendship with people they felt most comfortable with like they didn't have to deal with people they didn't want to deal with because they you know it was all virtual and they did see people in person it was just their in like their friend group but now going back to school they are encountering people they have been who have bullied them in the past or Mm -hmm. who they have had issues with and you know they didn't have to deal with i'm seeing i'm hearing that from a lot of my patients like oh my gosh now I'm dealing with these people. So that's causing them to have significant anxiety also and not really wanting to go to school. And just, you know, people who have school anxiety, kids who have school social anxiety and school anxiety, just being thrust back into that where they are walking in the hallways in between right. classes and surrounded by these groups of people. 
having to speak up in class, you know, things which, you know, year and a half is a long time. Right. To yeah. not having to do all this and now suddenly you're thrust into all this. So yeah, yeah. I think that's causing a lot of the anxiety. Absolutely. I mean, another great point. Right now I don't have any teenagers, so I haven't I haven't had to deal with this at all yet. But you're right. They they could be selective about who they were seeing when they were virtual uh, or who they were socializing with when they were virtual. Mm -hmm. But now in school, you're right. I mean, you're going to see people you don't necessarily like or you don't get along with or are bullying you in the hallway or, you know, in between classes or at lunch. So I could totally understand how that could create some anticipatory anxiety about going back and having to deal with having to deal with people that you don't necessarily want to deal with. Yeah. And and then the other last thing is, you know, in the past year and a half, again, the schools themselves were trying to figure out virtual schooling and, you know, a lot. It took them a good, at least the, the, when the COVID first hit in March of 2020 and schools shut down, mm. a lot of schools were not prepared, obviously. Right. And so the kids sort of didn't really have formal instruction, a lot of the students. And mm. uh, they were, uh, you know, not much was expected from them academically. And even, you know, sort of last year, it was kind of similar, even going into the fall. Right. Uh, some schools had hybrid, some schools had all virtual, some had in person, then they shut down. It was very uh, disruptive, even the fall of 2020, like last school year. So kids, the expectations were for schoolwork for, from the kids were not the normal expectations. They were getting away with not doing the work or mm. not missing assignments or not having to deal. But now that's not the case anymore. You know, kids are back in person and the expectations pre-COVID are back sort of in force. So a um, lot of kids are struggling with that if they didn't keep up. And now, yeah, they're academically, let's say in 10th grade, but they you know, they don't feel equipped to handle that because they didn't do much work for the last year and a half. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm sure that all school districts and teachers and educators tried their best during the past year oh, and yeah, a half during did. the pandemic, but everybody was struggling just in terms of knowing what was going on. So, you know, the academic piece definitely did take a bit of a hit during that time. And now the expectations, you're back in person, it's kind of back to pre-pandemic times. So the expectation piece on the academics is definitely going to be higher. Yeah, because I think everybody was trying to figure out, right? This had never happened before. Right. <laughs> so everybody, the schools were trying to figure out how to educate, you know, their students. Of course. To the best of their abilities. And also when the schools are virtual, you can't force somebody to come on camera or, <laughs> right. Zoom or kids drop out. And also a lot, not everybody has good Wi-Fi. That's the yeah, reality. Yeah, yeah, so a lot right. of kids didn't have access or weren't able to, you know, get good education if their Wi-Fi was, you know, the realities of life. So mm -hmm. I think that really impacted them and set them back. And I think now that they're in person, which is great, but, you know, if the schools don't sort of recognize where they are at and give extra assistance as needed, I think the kids are struggling because they, you know, they, they it's hard to keep up. Of course. Okay, I hope you guys found the podcast helpful. Next week, we'll be airing an episode that revolves more around different tips Dr. Kerr has 
in terms of how you can manage your child's mental health while they're returning to in-person school. Hope everyone has a great week.